In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. Hey there, welcome into In the Lab. This is a work in progress, and this is something that is making Tyler Marcotte's skin absolutely crawl because, hey, I'm Drew Doherty, you're John Harris. We're down here in the tour theater, and the guys are, Tyler Marcotte, Mitchell Moreland, the guys are getting set up for a shoot for Texans 360. That's the TV show that I host. You've been on it a bunch of times. Vandermeer's coming on it today. It airs on Saturday nights. Uh, ABC 13, KTRK at 11 p.m. So DVR, right. watch it, all that stuff. It's also on YouTube after the fact, but and before the fact, really. But yeah. uh, you're going to see guys walking around, maybe. You might see lights flickering on and off as they test things. But uh, we thank them for doing what they do. We thank them for allowing us to do this here because upstairs in the business side of things, we're out of power. So yeah. no power for a little bit. And uh, I don't feel like Weird. sweating because I'm a prima donna and you're in your house, so it's all good. <laughs> Man, if there's one thing that I just absolutely can't stand. Now, I'll go for a workout. I'll wear extra clothes. I like sweating the toxins out if I'm doing a workout or whatever. Naturally. But if I'm just if I'm just sitting in the crib and it's hotter than Hades, I lose my I lose my mind. Yes. And that happened to us. Gosh, it was a, it was like 3 weeks ago, I think. 3 4 weeks ago, I had gone uh, with Jack uh, with a friend of, of uh, to meet a friend, your son, friend Jack. Of ours. Yeah. yeah, my son, Jack. And we were meeting uh, Don Sanders uh, at Neil Mc- at a Neil McCoy concert. And Don had he wanted us to go and he got a table for a number of people. And so Jack and I went and we left the house to go. I was out in the woodlands. There's a place called Dosey Doe. Great food. Neil McCoy was fantastic. We left at maybe five o'clock from our house. My wife texted me within 10 minutes and said, hey, the power's off. We didn't get power until like 6 o'clock the next day. And it was the hottest day in Oof. Houston to that point. And so it was miserable. And my wife had been in it the whole time. It was just, I, oh. I don't know how Jar Jar Binks would make it through a hot day, how he would do or she. I don't know exactly which, it, like it, I don't know. But Jar Jar Binks would maybe struggle, yes. Jar Jar Binks, of course, is a Star Wars character. Star He's Wars Tyler character, Marcotte's yes. favorite Star, Star yes. Wars character. Favorite. Uh, I like that you brought up Neil favorite. McCoy because not everybody knows and recognizes Neil McCoy. But, you know, growing up in the 90s and the 80s, all she's got to do is just give me that wink. So I like, I like that you sang, got to see him. He sang that song. I had not heard him in concert. And Don, Don uh, produced – yeah, it is. Don produced an album for him, and it was a little bit more of a crooner album. Mm-hmm. And so I listened to that and I thought it was great. I love kind of the crooners, you know, Sinatra, Michael Buble. I mean, I, I, I love that. So i love that album. So he sang a couple, three songs off that, which is just different from what he normally does. But man, Drew, I'm telling you, he put on a show. I bet. Yeah. Smokes. I mean, Jack doesn't really lo- like country music. I mean, he's a little bit more EDM techno. I mean, that's sure. kind of his, his thing. And definitely eighties. He loves the cure. But if you can he entertain, was, you can entertain, oh, man. Doesn't matter the, You're the genre. Right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. He put on a show. He told jokes. Yeah. I mean, he told stories. He was absolutely fantastic. Um, but our power was out. So when we got home at like, I don't know, 10 o'clock-ish, um, I was a little fired up. And so I took to Twitter. Which, by the way, that's a lesson in and of itself. Never go to Twitter when you're mad. Ever. Yeah. You just fall into the cesspool of negativity. And it's just not good. 
and it's somebody will good. somebody will pounce on it and just yeah. exacerbate things. Maybe multiple exactly. will do that. But listen, exactly. uh, well, it, that's a perfect segue because sometimes you you get wound up. Now, yeah, uh, it could be something you've read. It could be when you and I are walking from the practice bubble across uh, the Houston Methodist Training Center practice bubble across Kirby to the mm-hmm. stadium, and we'll be walking at a good brisk pace. And I'll look to my left and notice that you're making sure you're conscious not to step on any cracks. And so I'll just kind of scurry up about five steps ahead of you and start (laughs) stepping on every single crack, especially at junctures. It it just drives you bananas. But that doesn't drive you as bananas as what's got you worked up today. And we had a plan. We're going to we're going to disavow that plan. We're going to sweep it all the side. And I want to get into what's got you. Maybe not hot under the collar, but. It's got you a little bit worked up about uh, the the Texans and, and a certain player that's been pretty good for this team in, a, in, a, in a few, over the last few years. Well, we all know this is that time of year where you see a lot of lists. I, I put together my own list. I put together the, the Harris 100, the 100 players, 100 best players the Texans face in 2021. And I, I didn't rank them. But I pulled them out and then I posted it by position. So I thought it was kind of easier to kind of do it that way, to have them all kind of, you know, in a group. And sometimes you're kind of splitting hairs between safety over here, linebacker over here. I mean, I already do it for the draft. But to me, with the draft, it's, it's much easier. With this, I just went through and I was going through the best players. And so I, I did that series. I think it's a great series. I love when, when groups or individuals do it. Pete Prisco does his uh, – Pete Prisco, top 100 players. Yeah, he gets people worked up too. He does. He does, and <laughs> Pete Prisco doesn't back off either. I, I, no. I love that. He, he I like not I like up. Pete Prisco. He's awesome. And so ESPN's doing doing one, and it's going on right now. And not to be a shameless plug for ESPN at all, but I I like to read them. And I will say first of all, this that I think this list really I don't have any problem with the list to be honest. And what I think it was Jeremy Fowler put it together. And they talked to, I think what they say, 50 lead executives, coaches, scouts, and players to stack the top 10 players at 11 different positions. Edge rushers, interior D-line, corner safeties, offensive tackles, interior offensive line, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, and off-ball linebackers. And that one was posted today. And so thinking about the Texans in 2021, I'm thinking, okay, what players of the Texans could end up being on those lists? And I think, okay, Larry Tunsil. At offensive tackle, I think he's got a good chance of being yep. on that list. And then I thought about off-ball linebackers, and that's why I wanted to read this one, because I felt like, okay, Zach Cunningham's got a chance. And so two things really kind of hit me as I went through this list. The first one was looking at the 10 that they came up with. And it's led by Devin White, who was phenomenal in the playoffs last year for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. His teammate, Levante David, comes in number five. Thankfully... The Texans don't face those two guys this year. How about but, that for a tandem, man, on one team. So good. Yeah. But we do face number two, Fred Warner, San Francisco 49ers. Uh-huh. We do face number three, Bobby Wagner, the Seattle Seahawks. Yep. We face number four twice, Darius Leonard of the Indianapolis Colts. Psycho. And we also face Tremaine Edmonds, number eight, the Buffalo Bills. And this one is – I was like – I've always been a Miles Jack fan. I would not take Miles Jack as a linebacker right now over Zach Cunningham, but Miles Jack comes in at number 10. Somebody well, why are you worked up then? Well, what's going on? So what's got you worked up? Well, 
first of all, facing those linebackers is going to be – that's going to – this this running game, you and I have talked about this a lot, Drew. This Texans running game is – it's going to be, I think, in the spotlight. It's going to be under a microscope. It's got to be better. This team doesn't need to turn into 1975 Oklahoma and run triple option. That's all they do and pile up yards and can't throw it. They've got to provide some balance, though. They've got to take some of the heat off. Uh, more than likely, Terod Taylor, maybe David Smith, whoever's playing quarterback. They've got to take some heat off. They've got to establish the line of scrimmage. It's going to be difficult against linebackers like that. So then I went to linebackers also receiving votes. Guys like Patrick Queen, Baltimore Ravens, Dante Hightower is coming back off after an opt-out. Devin Bush, Steelers, absolutely. Deion Jones probably would have made my top 10 just because how athletic he is. Joe the Show, Schobert, Jacksonville Jaguars. We did a pretty good interview with NFL Radio the other day. Had some good things to say about Trevor Lawrence, which made me want to puke. Zach Cunningham got some votes on this, and I thought it was pretty interesting. And for each guy, because they had reached out to executives and scouts and coaches, et cetera, they have a quote on each guy. It says for Zach Cunningham, has, has a lot of strengths, length, size, productive. And this is where I about hit the roof but not physical enough. Hmm. And I read that. I was like, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 rewind, rewind, rewind. And I went right straight to the, yeah, I read that. I read that absolutely dead on, but not physical enough. Time out. Okay. When I think of Zach Cunningham, my lasting memory of him has been over the last two or three years, I mean, I don't know if it's taught this way and I, I don't know if he's doing stuff that like you fundamentally are not supposed to be doing, but it's like he stands up and just throws a guy by his upper yeah. body down to the, it's, that looks like it's a hard thing to do. I mean, right. to Very me, hard. and that seems like you got to be pretty physical to do yeah. that. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, you, you hit right on it. I mean, that that's part of it. Derek Henry was on I think he was on the Bustin' with the Boys podcast. That's uh, Taylor Luan and Will Compton. They do a, a podcast from a bus. Mm-hmm. And somehow the topic of Zach Cunningham came up, and Derek Henry was talking about it and said, yo, Zach Cunningham doesn't get enough credit for what he does. And he was kind of breaking him down. It, it, was, it was awesome, actually. Yeah. But the, the thoughts that I have about Cunningham go back to third and one in 2018 against Zeke Elliott. One of, the, one of the bigger power backs, one of the better power backs in the league, and Cunningham stones him at the line of scrimmage at yep. third and one, forces a punt, hop spins happens a few plays later, Texas win in overtime. Fourth and one a few weeks later against the Tennessee Titans, down on the goal line. He blasts the Anthony Ferkser. Yeah, uh, the tight end run that they – Oh, Luke Stocker. Pull. Luke Stocker, yeah. yeah. A little short run. Mm-hmm. Lamar Miller takes it to the house the very next play uh, after that fourth and one. Going to Tennessee in 2019. Down on the goal line, they throw a ball at Kari Blasting game, and Blasting game turns up, and it looks like, oh, he's going to score. This is the point. And he gets blasted. I mean, blasted by Zach Cunningham. I, I mean, I don't know how many times I've seen Derrick Henry get into a hole, not as much the last couple of years, but get into a hole, and Zach Cunningham is there and faces him up. Bang. I mean, form tackles him. And an NFC coach. Now, of course, it's NFC coach. And so that was the one thing that got me. I was like, so much of a lot, even stuff that's out there, you see it from an NFC coach or the other side, or you know, this which, guy focuses on just quarterbacks. Which to play devil's advocate, I suppose can happen. You don't you only see a guy once and maybe he doesn't have right. the best of game. And last year he sees a game 
I mean, I don't, I don't know who really shown last year on defense for the Texans. Right. And maybe, maybe he's basing it off that. If so, okay. But yeah, and, the, and, the bulk of his career, I would not, I would never label that guy as not physical. And I would say the first probably, I don't know, five, six games, maybe. I think it was right after, I think the Tennessee game at, ten, at Tennessee, week six, I believe that was. Uh huh. That was a game. I, I don't think Zach played played very well. I mean, he, I think he would tell you he didn't play very well in that game. But from that point going forward, up until the Bears game, the Bears game was not a good game for anybody at that point. It was a tough day. But I think Zach played much, much, much better. And I tweeted earlier, I just said, look, Zach's not perfect, not, not by any means. And there's some really good I, – I, I wasn't saying Zach should be in the top ten. But – He's got things that he needs to work on, no doubt. But the last thing I would say on that list, like if right. you list all the different things you want a linebacker to be, physical being a tough, he, he knocks that off the list. That's the last thing that he would need to improve on. Play recognition, staying disciplined, you know, pass drops, staying in coverage without being grabby or holding. You know, there's some things he's got to work on. But not being physical, eh, that's, that's not one of them. And, and I think – Drew, and, and I think this is where it kind of leads into this discussion point, and that is this linebacker group in 2021, it's got a lot of pieces that are unknown to Texans fans, a lot sure. of pieces unknown to us. I mean, we've seen them as, as opponents, but as long as 41's in the middle of that, whether it's, and whether it's a Mike Backer or Will, whatever, however that's going to fit the best. I think it's probably Mike is the best, but we'll see. As long as 41's sitting there in the middle – I'm going to feel pretty darn good about what that run defense is going to be as long as the guys up front can protect them better than they did last year. Yeah, and, you know, Lovey Smith, he's the defensive coordinator now. He, he was very effusive in his praise of Zach Cunningham. And, you know, this is a regime. This is, you know, and really over the last 10 years, they're, they're kind of hesitant to, to call out and single out individual players and, you know, say good things about them. Lovey Smith said good things about Zach Cunningham and is looking forward to having him as one of the leaders in that defense and having him. And that's a guy, Lovey Smith, who's seen great linebacker play. I mean, think about it. Coached two Hall of Famers in Erlocker, yeah. Derek Brooks, Lance Briggs, no slouch either. I mean, that's three guys right there. That's quite a, quite a trio of, of linebackers. Coached him as a coordinator, coached him as a head coach. I mean, he's been around him and seen him in, in various yep. capacities. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to roll with Lovey Smith. He knows what he's talking about when he sees linebackers, and he seems to be pretty excited about Zach Cunningham for this year and, and beyond. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually like the mix of what's there at linebacker. Uh, Zach's in that mix. You know, there have been players that obviously came over. Uh, you interviewed Camus Grugier-Hill. Yeah. How does he fit into this? KPL, Kevin Pierre-Lewis, how he fits into this mix. Yep. A lot of veterans at that particular position. But – Zach Cunningham driving the bus, I feel good about those guys fitting around him. Mm -hmm. uh, Neville Hewitt from the New York Jets, led the Jets in tackles uh, in 2021. You talk about a, yeah. lot of, a lot of tackles, a lot of tackles between Neville Hewitt and Zach Cunningham uh, over the last year. Now, I've said many times, tackle, can, the tackle stat um, will be sort of, uh, it doesn't tell the full story, if right. you will doesn't always lead to something great. Like, wait a second, why does this guy have 160 some odd tackles? But at some point you look at it and say, okay, this guy knows how to find the football. You put them together and hopefully that ends up helping this run defense. It does start up front. The guys up front have got to be able to do their job, but I feel like the linebacker crew is going to be a little bit better 
than people than people anticipate for sure. Well, we'll get to see that firsthand in like less than three weeks, four weeks, really. It's coming. We're July 7th, man. Happy, uh, happy San Fermin Day to all you folks out there running the bulls in Pamplona, Spain. Um, yeah, it's July 7th. So, John. Oh, is it running of the bulls on July 7th? Uh, there is a song. I'm, I learned it in Spanish class. It was Uno de Nero, Dos de Febrero, Tres de Marzo, Cuatro de Abril, Cinco de Mayo, Seis de Junio. Siete de Julio, San Fermín. It was a Pamplona, Moste ir. So we're going to, we're going to Pamplona because uh, it's July 7th. So, yeah. I've sung two I times. Like I sung a Neil McCoy song and a Spanish uh, You need thing, to do more so. of that. You need to do more of that on In the Lab, bro. And, hey, we were mentioning the guys. You saw Mitchell Moreland setting up in the back. Mm-hmm. We got Tyler Marcotte here. We mentioned earlier T- Jar Jar Banks is Tyler's favorite Star Wars character. Tyler, why don't you, uh, you want to say hi? No. Hey, well, he's not going to say hi, so I'll just move the camera so he gets in there. There you oh, go. He, look at him run. Yep. Look at him run. So, he's yep. he's running like Brandon Cooks out Behind of the, the scenes. Hiding. Get a close, close up on him. There he is. This guy, okay, we, we're busting his chops. Let's brag on him. Yeah. I think that Gary Kubiak video, which he oh. produced, he, he edited that together, did it. Phenomenal. Yeah. So phenomenal, man. The number of people that we have seen. Let's wave. Come on, Tyler. There we go. Yes. (laughs) He's if you haven't seen the 53, I I had to wait, Drew. I I drove out to LA and had to come back as my wife and daughter are gonna be out there for the month of July. So I had to come back and get back here and kind of get settled back again. And then I was like, all right, Sunday, July 4th. Yeah, got up. Had my meal plan all ready to go. Did some ribs on the grill. Did some blackberry cobbler. Um, also did my son's favorite mac and cheese. Uh, that's a little different. And so we did. We had that. I saw so this kind of game plan. So hey, wait. I want to watch the three. It was awesome. It was awesome. The feedback has been great and well deserved. Y'all, y'all did it. Y'all did a heck of a job. He nailed it. He and Gavin Gert were the uh, kind of driving forces behind that. So we had a good, good time. Good. All right. Good talking with you as always. Yeah, man. I can't wait to do this again next week. We creep closer and closer to training camp and then the Texan season, and that is a good, good thing. So long. This has been an In the Lab.